Welcome to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy. I'm Mandy Walker and I'm your host. Selling a piece of jewelry like an engagement ring or wedding set can be a nightmare, but Worthy is a selling partner you can trust to work with you and for you to get the best deal on your piece. And if you're thinking it's not worth the hassle, remember that your diamond engagement ring can be the financial asset that allows you to embrace that fresh start after divorce. Worthy helps you get the best deal possible for the jewelry you've outgrown. And for a limited time, our podcast listeners can get a $100 gift card when they sell their jewelry with Worthy. Go to worthy.com forward slash podcast to learn more. For this episode, we're talking about re-entering the workplace. That's a big transition for any stay-at-home parent, and it's even more of a challenge when you layer on all the other transitions that are happening in divorce. So what are the pitfalls? What are the most important things to consider? And how can you do this successfully? My guest today is Stacey Freeman. Stacey is a New York City-based writer and former lifestyle editor of Worthy.com. She's been widely published and writes on lifestyle topics, including career reinvention, health and wellness, personal finance, divorce, and parenting. Welcome, Stacey. Thank you. It's nice to be here. I'm so glad you could join us. I think for the many stay-at-home parents, the end of a marriage forces a decision to return to the workplace perhaps sooner than had been anticipated and sooner than had been desired. It seems driven by a simple fact that it costs two people more to live apart than together. And also the maintenance or alimony often will impute income to a non-working spouse. So you have to go back to work to actually make that income. How do you get motivated to return to work when it's not what you're ready to do or really want to do? Well, I think the fact that you have to make up for that difference is quite a motivator in itself. So for me, um, I had always toyed with going back to work. I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do. I have my JD from Boston University School of Law, but I never practiced law. And I was a stay-at-home mom for many years. Our family, we lived in Hong Kong from 2003 to 2005. And I had three children, very close together. And somehow I never made it back to work. And when it came time to make a decision, I said to myself, do I want to go and practice law, which I hadn't wanted to do in the past. And I revisited that decision, came to the same outcome. No, this is not what I want to do. Now, what can I do that can utilize my legal background and incorporate my passion, which is writing? And I started writing a blog many years ago, which, you know, developed a following and spun it out into a business. And now I have clients that are in the legal field and outside of it. So kind of everything came together. So I think what I hear you saying, Stacey, is that it's important to find something that resonates with you or that you're passionate about, rather than just taking the first job that comes along with money that seems that you might be able to make it on? A hundred percent. I think that you are already in this very difficult position. It's emotionally grueling. 
So if you pile onto that, a job that you have to go to that you absolutely detest, it's just going to make your situation that much worse instead of making your work a creative outlet and a place where you feel a sense of calm rather than more um, emotional stress. So I, I think you really have to sit down after a divorce and say, okay, what do I want to do with my life? I have this blank slate in front of me. So what can I create? And I think everybody needs to be creative. Right. And there's lots of different ways to be creative. So let's jump and talk a little bit about the impact on the children, because I think it's not just you who's feeling the change about going back to work, but it's obviously going to have a huge impact on on your children. I think it could be tempting to fall into kind of a, a gloom and doom perspective of all the things you won't be able to do. And maybe, and hopefully you don't articulate that to the children, but I can imagine thinking, you know, I won't be able to take the kids back to school. I won't be able to volunteer in the classroom. I can't do field trips. I can't do class parties. Where am I going to find the time to do homework? What's the reality? Well, the reality is, yes, all of those challenges exist. And the reality is they do not go away. So even when your children are older and mine are now 21, 20 and 17, and I can assure you the problems change and the obligations are still there. So you really have to learn how to balance uh, what you're doing. So again, you have to go back and sit there and say, what can I do that will allow me to still uphold my responsibilities and and spend the time that you want to with your children, because that time's not going to be there one day. You know, we're here now and you want to enjoy your children as they're growing up. Yeah. It's kind of a hard balancing act because it's, you're under the pressure to make money, but you, your heart, it's a pull, I think, between your heart and, and maybe the wallet, the household budget. I thought, you know, I think being mindful and, and intentional. And, I th- I, and I'm thinking maybe COVID has helped a little bit because now so many employers are used to having employees who working from home, at least some, you know, and a lot of people maybe in the process of transitioning back to a physical office, but there's still options to work from home. And maybe that, that means that you do have flexibility to still participate in those school activities. So it, it, it's not not a um, all or nothing thing. No. And then I think that going back to work after a divorce and when your children are young, as mine were, my children, when I got divorced, were 11, 10, and six. I had to train them as much as myself that for myself, I had to train myself to say, no, I can't do this right now. And I had to train my children to understand that, no, I can't do this right now. And so when I first sat down to work and I did choose a, a, a career that would enable me to work from home by necessity, because my ex-husband lives in Hong Kong and I did not and still don't have a regular custody schedule. And so I really had to you know, train my children that if I was at my desk or I, I was on a call or I'm doing a podcast and I still even now just said, I'm going to sit down and record a podcast. Please don't come and get me. So, you know, these things don't change. But at first, there really was a learning curve. You don't want to say no as a parent. And the kids at that age, they don't fully understand where mommy was always on call. All of a sudden, they're getting, no, I can't do this right now. And it was kind of like, what? 
And what yeah. do you mean you can't do this right now? <laughs> so I would often have a child standing next to me if I was on a business call, you know, saying, but mommy, but mommy, but mommy, but mommy over and over again. And were pulling on me or there would be a fight erupting in the background or just something with one of the animals, like, like the cat. And just, it seemed like there was this chaos sometimes behind me and you kind of have to get used to that and kind of punt when you're <laughs> dealing with it. So maybe accepting that there is going to be chaos? 100%. And I can give you a perfect example of that. So I had very early on, I had a call with a new client and my ex-husband was in the country and he was picking the children up. They were very small, you know, school age. And I had said to him, and I had to train him as well. So I said to him, I have a work call, which kind of was like, what work call? You know, it wasn't something he was used to. And so I said, when you come back with the children, because they needed to get a few things, I said, you know, everything's downstairs. Please make sure only one child comes in, grabs their things, and they don't make any noise. So he pulled into the driveway, outran three children into the house, up the stairs, into the kitchen, yelling, grabbing things, mom. And I'm on the phone and I'm waving my hands and you just have to go with it. But everybody has to make the adjustments and you have to keep enforcing it. So eventually everyone learns. Do you have any sort of time frame like you can share with our listeners for how long does it take for you and your kids to adapt to the new world? Well, I mean, as I said, you know, I still had to make an announcement and my kids, this is 10 and a half years later. I think, you know, there becomes a tolerance that yes, you know, mom's working and I have to abide by that too. If they're in the house and this came up during COVID, not making noise while they're on Zoom school. And so, you know, you right. kind of learn you know, to say to yourself, oh my God, I'm yelling, you know, can you come down here? And they're on, you know, a class in a class and I'm yelling, you know, dinner. And so, um, you know, I think COVID kind of made us conscious, you know, with everybody back at home and really we're all doing our own thing, but we're still a family how did that you, has to live with each other. Yeah. And <laughs> so. um, how did you present it to your children that you were going to be working? I just told them, you know, I am going to start writing and, you know, I called it what it was, which was work. And, you know, at different times, the kids asked me what exactly I was doing. And I would always take the time to explain what I was doing, why I needed to do it, how I was going to make money and why it was so important that I really focus on this and not just for the money, because that should never be the sole reason anyone does anything. And um, I think that's really the important lesson to take from going back to work. Again, it goes back to finding that passion, which I really did. And I think that's the lesson we teach our children to do what we love and to work as hard as possible at it. And to really just always try your best and be a lifelong learner and um, really you know, hone your craft, whatever that is, and follow your heart. And so if it's something unexpected, like a child comes to me and says, okay, you know, I'm not going to law school or I'm not going to medical school and I'm not doing something typical, as my older daughter did, she came to me and said, I'm going to film school. You know, I think that 
this whole experience enabled me to really embrace someone else's passion here, my daughter's. So it's a great experience all around. Right. I mean, it sounds so like when you come to the why you're doing it, to me, it's just really important to put a positive spin on it, even if that's not what you're you're feeling and even like you know saying to your kids well I have to go back to work because dad has chosen to end the marriage and he's not going to support me any longer and it's his fault and I don't want to and blah blah and I'm not saying that's your situation but it's like you don't need to share all the start oversharing with your children about the divorce and the particulars of that and why you're going back to work because it's just not healthy for the kids It's not, but I do come from the school where I am very open and honest with my children. So my ex-husband, he has upheld his financial obligation to me and to our children. So, you know, I do want to note that, but uh, nothing is forever. And so it was very important for me, as it is for many women, to really utilize that time if you are receiving spousal support to really think about your future. because. Building a career from scratch or re-entering the workplace or building a business, it doesn't happen overnight. And it takes a long time, especially if you were someone like me, even though I had a great education behind me, being out of the workplace for many years, it's really, really an uphill climb. And no matter how you slice it, you're going to have to work harder than someone who has been working all along right? and you have different challenges and and you need to embrace that and understand it and face it. And I'm not going to lie. It's not easy. Right. Right. Um, Stacey, we're going to take a short break here. You're listening to divorce and other things you can handle. We'll be right back, but do stay tuned. My guest, New York city based writer, Stacey Freeman will be back with more tips on how not to lose your mind re-entering the workplace. Moving past divorce is hard enough without your old engagement ring staring you in the eye every time you open your jewelry box. With Worthy, you'll find a selling partner who will help you transform your rings from dusty relics of hard times to a financial asset to help you start fresh. Worthy takes care of everything from insurance coverage to secure shipping, professional grading, and more. So when you're ready to sell, partner with Worthy. We're ready when you are. And for a limited time, our podcast listeners can get an extra $100 to Amazon when they sell their jewelry with Worthy. Go to worthy.com forward slash podcast to learn more. Welcome back to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle. I'm your host, Mandy Walker. And in this episode, we're talking about re-entering the workplace. My guest today is Stacy Freeman. Stacy's a New York City-based writer and former lifestyle editor of Worthy.com. Stacy, I wanted to, to jump a little bit. And when you go back to work, there are only so many hours in a day. So, you know, what your children need, what the, the house needs, there's, and now you're layering on work, the time hasn't expanded. So how do you manage? How do you juggle all of that? And I wondered, you know, things like camp registrations, doctor's appointments, activity transportation. How did you deal with all of those things? 
well, <laughs> everything you said was and still is true. And you have to say to yourself, okay, something's got to give. So for me, the laundry is, you know, often not folded. In fact, it's progressively getting <laughs> worse. You know, it's just not folded. And you try and get your children to pitch in. That's always been more of a challenge for me, but you keep saying the same things over and over again. And I have learned to close my children's bedroom doors and look away, which is one of my sayings now, look away. The house is not going to be perfect. I do the best that I can cleaning and cooking. And I cut myself some slack because there are only so many hours in the day. And, you know, when you're juggling children and work, I often work personally odd hours. I try to stay on schedule. I try and make time you know, to sit down and have dinner and not eat on the go. And I like to cook and make dinner and sit there and enjoy a meal with my family. So you you have to prioritize what's important to you. Is it folding a basket of laundry? Is it cooking dinner? Can't do everything. So make a list. This is what's important to me. You're making me laugh because you just reminded me of when I got divorced, I do remember with laundry, I got a laundry basket for each child. And as their laundry came out the washing machine, I'd sort it into whose clothes were what. And I would just put the basket in their bedroom and say, it's up to you whether you put it away or whether you just pull your clothes from the laundry basket. But I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> so. Yeah, I've tried that approach. I've tried color coding towels. Every child had their own color towels, gave them a pile. It was like prison, you know, pretty much gave them a bar of soap. <laughs> Not really, but these things really didn't work, you know, over an extended period of time. So again, you know, the look away approach, this is how you want to leave your room. And I have one child who's meticulous and then another yeah. one who's not so meticulous and one in between. So it is what it is. And it's like, do you want to make yourself upset about it? Is it really worth it? There is a, another part. And I know this, your situation may be different. One of my other guests talked about Eve Rodsky's book about invisible labor. And I think her book is, is great for married couples, but it's also would be really good to have these um, frank discussions with your soon to be ex about the invisible labor, the hidden work that goes into running a home and talking about how is that going to be shared between both of you? Because it doesn't mean things don't automatically carry over now that when you're divorced and certainly not when you start working, because maybe you always used to take the children to all of their doctor's appointments, but maybe that isn't the way it needs to be or can be going forward. I am very familiar with Eve Rodsky and I'm familiar uh, with weaponized incompetence and invisible labor. And I do discuss it in my upcoming book because I did deal with this with my ex-husband as we adjusted to kind of co-parenting from 8,000 miles away from each other. And it started out where he would take the kids on vacation when he came into the country and then I would pack them up, which for three children at that age was a lot. And then I would be greeted with bags and bags of their laundry dirty coming back. And these were discussions that we had over and over again. And, you know, in order to, I really, you can't 
control what somebody else does. And he had his own challenges not having a home here in order to do that laundry. But, you know, I put my foot down at certain times and did explain certain things. And then when he went on a beach vacation and came back with bedding, I said, no, 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 no. And he went and had it laundered somewhere else. So you just have to keep repeating yourself. And also, it's now the case, and it's been for many years, all three of my children pack for themselves. So, you know, if you forget to pack it, you know, I would oversee, you know, my children a little more when they were younger, but I have nothing to do with packing anymore. And I am so happy about that. So. (laughs) So I'm thinking, um, I'm hearing two things there. One, again, is that notion that this is a transition and you have to work at things, but then two, woven in there is the idea that be very careful about what expectations you set from the very start, because you could be setting yourself up for an impossible task. If you try and keep managing all those, you know, taking three children to doctor's appointments and doing all the school activities while you're working full time. Yeah. And it's, it's a lot and it's often too much. And so I think, you know, with an ex-spouse, my situation, you know, was a little different because my ex was living so far away. But even so, where it applied, I had that discussion. And can you pick up this prescription when you're home? Maybe you can run one of our kids to the doctor. I remember one of my children broke her finger, you know, and my ex-husband did the hospital run, you know, and sat in the emergency room with her. And I have to tell you, it was a big relief. Even the little bit of help when you're doing things on your own and you're a single parent, just you feel just the little bit of relief and you want it, you crave it. So it's kind of the reason why, you know, it really makes you want to speak up more. What are some of the other lifesavers that you discovered? The lifesavers I discovered, well, again, letting things go, looking away, making your priority list having the conversations over and over again, it's not going to take one conversation with your children or with your ex to really get them to understand things are different now. And this is our new reality. And it's better in a lot of ways. And it could be even better if everybody pitches in and cooperates. You have to learn how to ask for help. And I, you know, in my married life, you know, I had more time on my hands, you know, being a stay-at-home mom. And I really ran with running the entire household myself. And I didn't really ask for a lot of help because my ex-husband had and still has a very stressful job and he works a lot of hours. And we kind of had a division of labor in our home that that worked. And so the household was more my domain and he worked outside the home and our partnership worked well for a while. So, you know, you really have to to kind of roll with the changes and and embrace them and really say okay things are different now and and use your voice and speak up and 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 I think that's what Eve Rodsky's uh, approach really speaks to is using that voice you know to say okay this isn't working for me anymore I have a life and I, you know I have interests and I have I, I want my free time and I I really there's things I want to do with my life. And right. I just remember I would get a week off with, you know, the children going on vacation, but then I would question, was it really worth it with, you know, being inundated just with being slammed with laundry and, you know, tired kids, like, was it really worth the five days of peace? 
when I had three hours, you know, three days yeah. before to prepare and three days after. So, you know, again, speak up. And Well, I like your message about asking for help. And I was thinking too, it's about broadening your, your circle and asking other parents, um, friends of your kids, bit, maybe connecting with them more and getting into carpools. So maybe you don't have to drive your kids to school every day, every every day. Maybe you get to do the carpool once every three weeks or something. Definitely. And it takes a lot of coordinating to do that and which also takes time. So, you know, I think carving out, you know, on your priority list, scheduling and uh, that's how I work too. I make an editorial calendar for the month because there's so many hours in the day and you want to stay on, on track and on, and meet your deadlines, whether they're personal or professional. So lists, you know, work very well. I like to print out personally blank calendars and, you know, they have them for free, you know, online. So, you know, those, those tools, whatever works for you, if you're a visual person or, you know, however you like to work, figure out your, your system. Great. And um, a kind of a practical consideration. I don't know, like with your kids when they were younger, I think that cell phones are a huge help for kids when you're a single parent, because then they do have a way of reaching you or you have a way of reaching them and say, Hey, you know, I'm stuck in traffic. I'm ten, I'm going to be 10 minutes late. Just sit tight. I will be there. Oh yeah. I couldn't imagine my life without a cell phone. And um, I have very often done what you just spoke about. I'm going to be late. Can you put the chicken in the oven? Can you preheat the oven? I think, you know, people have to be accountable, even, you know, at any age. And my children know I'm more of a nervous Nelly. So that if I text and say, where are you there, they know to answer me. (laughs) So I don't start to worry and then send them more texts. So (laughs) we've kind of developed our own rhythm for that. So. And I heard in there too that you get your help, your kids to help you with meal prep or getting dinner ready. Yeah. So especially my daughters, they, you know, are helpful in the kitchen and they're in college now. So they're not home a lot, but making holidays, um, everyone pitches in and making dinner. I'll sometimes say to my, like, I've taught my girls how to cook. So, which is really nice. And my son, you know, his cooking skills aren't as advanced as theirs, but he certainly can be self-sufficient and that if he's hungry, there's always something to eat that he can prepare for himself and he knows how to cook certain things. So it's nice. And I think from necessity, my children have developed certain skills that they may not have in a different world. So it's nice. Like I'm confident that when they go to college or when they have their own apartments, that they will be well-fed. They know how to go to a grocery store. And that's another thing. My children do my grocery shopping for me a lot. So that is a huge help. Great. Great. Yes, absolutely. So um, Stacey, we're almost out of time here. I did wonder if you had, and I know I'm springing this on you, but I'm wondering if you had a humorous story you could share about your own return to work. Well, um, I just think you never know. I I can't think offhand something specific, but I think my ex-husband sending the kids into the house screaming while you know, I'm on the phone, you know, looking back, it wasn't funny at the time, but looking back, you know, kids will come up to you and they'll, they'll say something, not realizing someone else could hear it. And they'll talk about, 
something that's hurting them or, you know, you never know what a child is going to say. So I'm, I'm all about going, you know, or waving my hands or I'm mouthing, I'm on the phone, screaming in the background. It's just, again, not really funny in the moment, but looking back, I think that I will cherish those moments and, you know, my busy, busy house and probably look back and smile. I'm sure I will and really miss it at some point. Yeah, Not absolutely. Too far in the future as they file out of here, <laughs> go about their lives. So, which is what every parent wants anyway. So. Right. And I, and I think, honestly, COVID with, you know, you see it on TV with all the people being interviewed who are doing Zoom calls and the children and the dogs that interrupt them. Right. And it's like, it's made us all just a little bit more relaxed about it and understanding, you know, we, we all have lives and it's impossible to completely compartmentalize work and family. So the silver lining, I think, is just realizing we're all real people and we have problems and you really never know what's going on behind closed doors. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Stacey. Thank you for having me. This was so much fun. Listeners, my guest today was Stacy Friedmans. Stacy is a New York City-based writer. Stacy mentioned it earlier that she does have a book coming out. The launch date is November 15th. The title is I Bought My Husband's Mistress Lingerie. And it's a memoir in essays. We'll have Stacy back on in November to talk more about that. And I cannot wait. Thanks for listening to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy dedicated to celebrating women like you as you embrace a new beginning after divorce, separation, or whatever. Worthy is a selling partner with an online auction platform designed to help you sell your jewelry, such as an engagement ring or wedding set. When you decide to send your ring, Worthy takes care of the shipping and insurance to ensure that it arrives safely at our New York office. Once your jewelry arrives, the team at Worthy professionally cleans and photographs it before sending it out to a grading lab. All of these steps are designed to maximize your price in Worthy's online auction, where hundreds of buyers compete for your piece. One of the best parts of selling with Worthy is that you are completely in control. You'll work with Worthy's team to set a reserve price before the auction starts, keeping you in control of how much your ring sells for. If the highest bid comes in below that threshold and you decide not to accept it, we will send your ring back to you and we'll even cover the costs of the insured shipping again. Let us help you get the best deal possible for the jewelry you've outgrown. Are you ready to embrace your fresh start? Us too. And for a limited time, our podcast listeners can get an extra $100 to Amazon when they sell their jewelry with Worthy. Go to worthy.com forward slash podcast to learn more. Make sure you subscribe so you can catch every new episode of Divorce and Other Things in your weekly feed. If you like what you hear, rate and review us to help other women like you find us. This podcast is for you. So reach out to us at podcastworthy.com to let us know what you think and what you want to hear. We look forward to hearing from you. And you can also find more episodes at worthy.com forward slash podcast.